0: What up, world? It's your boy, the Porter Compire off to make for hire the podcast, mercenary Christian Joe. We're almost back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're going to review the new release from Toho Studios, Robot Communications, distributed by Toho, released October 18, 2023. This came out in October. Oh, in Japan. In Shinjuku, specifically. Then November 3, 2023 in all of Japan. It is none other than Godzilla. Minus one. Now, starting off with everything that about this, if I didn't even give you the plot, I might be one of the biggest Godzilla fans ever. And when I mean ever, I'm talking about like the classic movies from the fifties or sixties. God, I can't remember how those movies were. So, like, I just always like kaiju movies. And the irony about this is that I have the biggest fear. Of great white sharks, right? Pretty ugly fish in the sea. Sharks in general, but great whites have huge mouths, big black eyes. What it, for some forsaken reason, I never get terrified of kaiju movies. Maybe, maybe it's maybe mainly because I know that they're not real, right? I know there's no Godzilla in the water, or is there? Or there's any other of these strange creatures from belief beneath the ocean or in space. So. Gaiju movies are a way for me to enjoy movies that take place in, you know, it's like the big, for example, Dune, right? The big worms in the desert. Those are pretty scary to some people. Not really me. It's the, but nonetheless, Godzilla, the lore of it, the, the, I grew up with the 90s shitty remake. They made it into 97, which, which we don't even talk about these days because it's so bad. Hell, the body was just all wrong. And um, But they tried. They tried to make it unique, and it just backfired. Sometimes the classic design is best. Um, and, again, one of the biggest franchises, IPs, mangas. They've made anime. they made everything. Godzilla is literally Japanese Mickey Mouse. I can't say that. Japanese Mickey Mouse is Pikachu. But Godzilla is literally, if you were to name the number one uh, creature. Okay, how about this? Godzilla is what Bigfoot is to the United States, (laughs) Godzilla is to Japan. Um, And this is after a slew of American remakes, part of this franchise. And this one here was not connected by the American uh, films, meaning that, yes, the design looked very similar to the classic Godzilla, but also looked very similar to Shin Godzilla, which is another movie that's I have to see or review. But in this film, it almost felt like they went back to origin. First off, the movie completely takes place in Asia, right? It barely even touches America except for naming the fact that it's like post-World War II, right? That's all it, it lets you know. But after that, after the fact, you're just like dealing with the aftermaths of World War II, Hiroshima and Nagasaki and Godzilla origin is kind of like instead of being glazed over like in the first Godzilla movie that came out in 2015 or so this one shows you the an entirety of what had occurred but not just the aspect from the from the monsters and meaning Godzilla and fighting against man but also the human relations that deal with it meaning people coming back from war, shell shock or PTSD right they're just trying to simulate back to normal life for people who are literally because because this movie takes place kind of the beginning during war but then it kind of like flashes forward like it's at the tail end of world war ii into where things go back to quote unquote normal but there's not normal there's rebuilding periods right you're you're talking about major cities rebuilding from from rubble so there's a lot to dive into this film this film was 125 minutes long so by just over two hours But it felt like an epic. My God. This thing had a budget of only 15 million. 15 million! I think about 14 of it was all Godzilla. (laughs) And maybe the 1 million was the actors. I mean, granted, I don't know about their actors' salary, but I'm just saying that this film was. They really uh, made something with what they had. Like they really used their best production to make this thing look amazing. It did not look cheap. So the movie is distributed by Japan. It looks like an American production studio releases. So if Robot Communications... Let me see where it's based out. of. I'm looking at it up. Oh, also Japan. So the movie's fully Japanese. This is not Hollywood whatsoever, but it looked like a Hollywood film. So the fact that a budget of a fifth, just under $15 million is crazy to say that out loud because this is the kind of movie in the States that would have been 100 to $200 million to make. So I'm wondering... Is it because japan has different pricing for cgi is are uh, the animators that make cgi not paid as much or do it, like i don't know what goes into that stuff that's the business end of movie making but as far as the production i gotta give a shout out to minima ijikawa productions uh it, it was produced by them uh kazuaki kishara Kishida, Kujiro, maria kenji yamada these are the people put their money into this film. Directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Written by Takashi. Visual effects by Takashi. He did it all. This man is literally the writer, director, and his special effects. This is probably why it was cheap. It was literally one guy. (laughs) He had a vision. He's like, Shin Godzilla got some good press in the States, but it didn't release in the States like that. Maybe a limited release. But it ended up on Crunchyroll, and people raved about it. This was straight up just fucking fire. Like I don't know how else to say this movie was this isn't beyond lit. This is like an epic proportions of amazing. Like not even just as a kaiju movie. It had a great script. It had a great cast. And let's just start with the cast because I don't I don't, I don't wanna count anybody out. Now excuse me with my butcher of names. I am taking duolingo for Japanese, but I'm not really good at pronunciation pronunciation of names. Ryo Nosuke Kamiki as Kochi Bushi, shikishi, Shikishima. There we go. A former kamikaze pilot. He's our protagonist. And in the beginning, you're like, something's up. He went to some island where I guess they all get refueled and repairs before they're going on their suicide missions. And they're, the engineers are like, something's off. Right? Like, that's the beginning of the film. And again, let me not dive in yet. Minima Hamabe as Noriko Oishi, Shikishima's partner. We'll leave it at that for now. Yuki Yamada as Shiro Mizushima, a young crewman aboard the Maru, which is the battleship that he was in the film. Munotaka Aoki as Sosaku Tashibana, former Navy Civil Service technician, who is also one of the main characters here, who was on the island with our main character, Koishi. Uh... Hidetaka Yoshioka as Kenji Noda, former naval weapons engineer. Sakura Ando as Sumiko Ota, Shiki- Sh- God, this is hard. Shikishima's neighbor, who's also like the babysitter. Again, why is there a babysitter? You'll find out soon enough. Kurunosuke Sasaki as Yoji Akitsu, captain of the Shinsei Maru. Mio Tanaka as Tatsuhura, captain of the Yukikaze. And Sai nagatami as Akiko Oishi and the adopted daughter, huh? Ah. So just by giving you the cast, you're like, wait a minute, there's a pilot here who's obviously defected, or he's a retired military. There's a woman here involved. There's his partner. We don't know what's going on. They have an adopted daughter. So like, what are we talking about here? So let's just talk about production first before we get onto the plot. After the release of Toho's 2016 reboot, Shin Godzilla, co-directed by Shinji Higuji, stated at the American Phantom Venture G Fest at Toho would not be able to produce another Godzilla film until after 2020. This was due to a contract with Legendary Pictures, obviously in America, who were producing their own Godzilla films that forbade Toho from releasing their potential Godzilla films the same year as Legendary Films which are the ones that we saw. In 2018, Toho executive Keiji Oda revealed that Shin Godzilla did not receive a sequel and expressed an interest in a potential shared universe as Godzilla series akin to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, so pretty much their excuse or way of making getting the rights back where not really is to make their own Godzilla films but somehow tied to the American ones. So I guess they're filling gaps in time so that this film could... Not be a direct sequel to Shin Godzilla, but also, but also uh, a more of a to fill in the gaps kind of movie because it takes place in it's a it's a period piece for sure. The whole film is a period piece, so it will make sense. Like, hey, what? How about we just actually dive into the period and you know this is post World War II, which is again a touchy subject considering Japan was on let's be honest on the Axis powers team, right? And you're bringing a movie that's kind of was. How do I say this? Godzilla was almost like a metaphor for your, uh, for Hiroshima and I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I just, again, allegory, whatever you want to call it. But they're like, no, we can talk about this. It's been far too long that we can just dive into this time period. We don't have to focus on the war aspect. It's post-war, so the war's behind us, but it does show us the human ability to adapt and survive after a gruesome battle and war, And where do we come from here? Where do we go from here? Now we got to face off an even bigger creature, not just armies, but something the size of a towering, <laughs> you can call it a towering inferno, a fire-breathing monster right, in Godzilla. So in 2019, following the release of the Great War of Archimedes, renowned filmmaker Takashi Yamazaki was appointed to make Godzilla film. A Godzilla film, he began preparing the project initially uh, spent one year developing the script. However, the COVID-19 pandemic forced the crew to postpone filming for a few years. Hence why it took so long for this one to come out. Leading to the script being rewritten several times over in the course of three years. If anything, this is probably the best thing that happened. Listen, again, COVID was terrible and a lot of people lost family members. But as far as filmmaking aspect, I'm not talking about things that happen in the world. This time to redo your script over and over again. You're gonna proofread it over and over again. You're gonna see what new things you wanna add, and things you wanna take out. It's almost like the rough draft, the second draft, and the final draft. And once it got to the final draft, they created what I would consider the perfect film. And Godzilla Minus One is Yamazaki's third film. No, third time, sorry, working in a production utilizing the Godzilla property. His first was always Sunset on Third Street. Two is 07, which features the monster in a dreamlike opening during the pre-production of Minus One. He also directed and created the effects of Sabu and amusement parks, motion simulator attraction, Godzilla The Ride, giant monsters, ultimate battle in 2021. So this guy's got history with the Godzilla property and whether it's directly working on the films or just things that would, again, Godzilla is pop culture, things that just pop up in every aspect, theme parks, films, TV shows. How many different parodies of Godzilla, right? Reptar and Rugrats. There's been a lot of uh, <laughs> Chappelle show and Chappelle fights Godzilla. Like, there's a lot of things where they take liberties of the character. So, Soho declared Yama- Yamazaki's unnamed kaiju project is a Godzilla film. In November 3rd, 2022, at the event celebrating the franchise's 68th anniversary, known as Godzilla Day. So, Godzilla got his own day after seventy, almost 70 years the company also revealed that the film had completed filming and had entered post-production with a target release date of november 3rd 2023 yamazaki was named the film's writer and visual effects supervisor during the press conference on december 13th twenty twenty-two. to host head of planning Hisashi Usui implied that the new film is connected to the 1954 film. Following the announcement of Yamazaki, regaled his pitch and vision of the film. It is a post-war Japan that has lost everything. The film depicts an existence that gives unprecedented despair. The titled Godzilla minus one was created with this in mind. In order to depict this, the staff and I have worked together to create a settling a setting where Godzilla looks. Uh, as a fear itself is walking towards us. And where despair is piled on top of despair, I think this is the culmination of the films that I have made to date. And that one that deserves to be experienced rather than watch in theaters. I hope you experience the most terrifying Godzilla in the best possible environment. Boy, was he right. This film, even though it was in IMAX or in 3D, the angles the, the the way they purposely chose angles where it's almost like when the person's eye view looking up at Godzilla or like you're on the trains as a train scene where, where he actually just from the manga, like he actually grabs a train and, and throws it around. It is terrifying. If you were in these circumstances, like it, it is just mind boggling, like how much they have quote unquote uh, took into cinematography, took into consideration placement, making things look more larger than life or putting you in the place of the victims or people in the world. So let's just skip the filming process, visual effects, that all stuff is just same old, same old marketing. Uh, again, the Twitter, social media. Yeah, just stuff you always hear. I mean, there's let people that talk about this stuff. I'm just trying to f- focus on the actual film released so let's go with this here let's go right to the plot in 1945 near the end of world war ii kamikaze pilot koichi shikishima feigns technical issues with his plane and lands on odo island lead technical technique lead mechanic tachibana implies that shikisha shikishima fled from his duties because he was chicken shit. Uh, obviously from the guy's eyes. You can tell he is no form to be flying this plane. And completely shell shocked and frozen. But back then they didn't know about mental health. And they didn't know. <laughs> they just saw it as cowardice. They, didn't, weren't, they weren't informed of the sciences of trauma. I guess what else you want to call it. Uh, so that night a dinosaur like creature. Godzilla attacks. Shikishima gets in his plane, but cannot bring himself to shoot the monster with his 20 cal rifle that are attached to his jet and is knocked unconscious. He wakes up to learn that Tachibana is the sole survivor of the attack because all these guys are mechanics except for Kochi. So the fact that he, the mechanics are like, hey, we're just mechanics. You're the actual soldier. You get in your cockpit and just start shooting the fuck out of this thing. Like they were just like Godzilla's face was at face level, was at eye level with the with the gun. So you could have just literally taken down Godzilla. But as we know, Godzilla doesn't go down easily, and it's again, quote unquote, no pun intended, a suicide mission. <laughs> so sadly, everyone else gets trampled, and those two are the only surviving. And then he blames him for everything, and. Again, shame, dishonor, all that stuff. You know how the culture is in Japan, especially in the 40s. So in 46, Shikishima returns home to find his parents were killed in the bombing of Tokyo. Sadly, plagued by survivor's guilt, he works as a minesweeper and begins supporting a woman who he meets in the street, who was running away for some reason, named Noriko Oishi, whose parents also died in the bombing, and an orphan baby. Akiko, whom Noriko rescued because the parents told her to take their daughter and give her a better chance of life because they were dying. So it's very, not, it's a sad, somber, melancholy film in the beginning. But you don't feel as sad as the characters per se. You feel for the characters, but the movie doesn't have like sapping music. It kind of just plays into like, hey, the worst is done. Let's focus on rebuilding. You know like like the tragedy's gone like i said they've gone through the 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 pains and struggles and and all the bad stuff let's fix this town and rebuild and start anew fresh even though we lost so many people and our loved ones and everything it is a matter of we gotta keep moving and we gotta keep bringing society back because we cannot let this beat us inside so after returning to tokyo Shikishima tells Noriko about the attack and his earlier encounter with Godzilla. Ignoring this woman for a, almost a full year. Like, she's there as, like, a roommate. They're, they're not intimate whatsoever. It seems like she's interested in him, but he pays no mind because, again, shell shock, survivor's guilt, this guy's going through too much turmoil, and he, he is there's a war inside of him that he has to defeat first before he can come back to the real world and be among like, it, it, it's a touchy subject, but again, anybody that's been through combat, you don't come back the same. There's a lot of struggles, a lot of them become alcoholics, drug users. Some just fall into deep depression, whatever the case may be. It really, if you don't have the right support system, then you can really go down a spiral. And especially back then where there where men were like, again, didn't pay mind to their self, self care as we do in these days. And we're more aware of things you tend to go through a lot of traumas, especially without a wife. Like, he's just on his own, just trying to tough it, you know, power through it. It's a a lot. It's a lot of weight in the man. So, that being said, well, again, I'm not going to give the whole film in one freaking review. Uh, After returning to Tokyo, Shikishima tells Noriko about the attacks. He goes in full detail. He cries his eyes out. Days later, Godzilla makes landfall in Japan, attacking Ginza, at this point, Noriko's character was already celebrating that he got a job as a minesweeper. Government checks coming in. Of course, it's a dangerous job, but he's not going to... He's, he's minesweeping the ocean. He's not walking, like, on mines. He's just got to shoot down mines through from a, boat, from a distance, safely. But, again, uh, it's a matter of she doesn't want to feel like a burden, so she wants to do a part. she got a new job again, that. And go figure. This is where Godzilla freaking lands, attack. So where Noriko works so Noriko narrowly avoids death, and luckily Koji finds her and they run away for safety uh, man she went through a battle she was on this train epic scene where she's literally just on the monorail or overhead train and then Godzilla grabs and she's hanging by up, 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 the, I guess the pole that's on, a, on a trains so like we stand on it and then while well, like floating in thin air is how uh, <laughs> to explain this this think about it. You're just holding on by a beam. Thankfully, there's water below. She's able to dive in and survive, but it was a high drop, too. So, it's like, but again, it's a, it's a near-death experience. you know with a 1% survival rate. Let's give it at that. So, Noriko narrowly avoids dying. It's found in Shigashima's hand uh, by Shigashima. This tank's engaged Godzilla, but the fire's it's heat rate. Whoever did this Wikipedia page does not know proper English. What the fuck are you writing? Essentially, Godzilla goes on a rampage. He attacks all the tanks, the military, and destroys it with his heat breath, which is obviously blue, meaning if you've seen the American Godzilla movies, that shit's super powered like a Super Saiyan Kamehameha wave. <laughs> so Godzilla destroys Ginjinza and um, it's it's a shit show for them. It's like, damn, we have to prepare. So once Godzilla leaves in his own accord, uh, well, here's the funny thing the I guess you can call it the the uh, after effects of this heat of his breath fire. let's call it a fire breath um, It's almost like a nuke drop where the wind just pushes everything back and Noriko and Ko- Koji are walking together trying to escape and they're like an alleyway She pushes him of the alleyway for safety and she flies and at this point We assume she's dead because the debris might have killed her like a house could have landed on her anything and we don't know where she, her character is at this point point she literally has lost everything. He can't lose the one woman who he, his colleagues at work are like, dude, why don't you actually marry her? Like she already seems like she's ready to, to settle with you. And he's going through his own turmoils. Like he's, now he's feeling like not even survivor survivor's guilt. It's just like, man, I never confessed to her that I loved her. And and now she's gone. And at this point in the film, he's like, damn, this is crazy. So, whoo, things get heavy. Uh, that as expected, everyone goes back to normal, like nothing's happening, but the government refuses to do more to prevent another attack because what can you do to fight this thing? It is a new anomaly. It is a new enemy. Um, so one of the Minesweepers crew, uh, former naval engineer Kenji Nota plans to destroy Godzilla by surrounding it with Freon tanks and rupturing them, lowering the water's buoyancy and sinking it to a depth of 1,500 meters below sea level, letting the resultant pressure crush it it is hard it is listen it's hard to explain pretty much this this attack will make Godzilla which again it is a creature of the ocean true but it is also needs air to breathe it seems because it's uh, amphibious versus being just straight up a fish <laughs> so this thing will do is drop it many leagues above below pressure um, of high pressure as it goes down below. So it slips and gets stuck in a, I guess you can say, a vacuum. And then it's not able to climb up and hopefully drown below sea level where it actually can survive. So that's the whole plan. And how did they do it? They got a team of former military veterans who are sick and tired of this monster attack and soaring everything. And a lot of them chicken out last minute. They give them the opportunity to leave on their own accord. And a lot of them do. And the ones who stayed are like, you know what, it's either we fight back or die. And I, I already survived the World War II. What else can I say? Like, it can't get worse than this. So they all team up and it's a great epic scene. And of course, Koji's co-workers are awesome because there's one who's a scientist, the guy with a plan. A couple others who are like the engineer who hates his guts. Uh, a young rookie who's not seen war but wanted to, who's eager to fight. But again, he's never seen combat. So even Koji grabs him by the arm's like, you don't know what war is. You're lucky you've finished. Because again, you can't speak from inex- inexperience, right? So, the whole film is this giant attack to, to kill Godzilla. And towards the end, they think they killed him. And then they realize that Godzilla can regenerate Wolverine. Like, what the fuck? This thing is almost invincible. And the King of Monsters is almost invincible indeed. Because he departs. Refuses. The government refuses to help. These This team forms. No name for the team. They just form up. And... Uh, they have a failsafe. Should the plan fail, balloons will be inflated under Godzilla to force it back to the surface, killing it through explosive decompression. Pretty much using gravity against it. He has recruited private citizens, mostly former naval members, to enact the plan. Shikeshima recruits Tashibana, the mechanic. He fought alongside to repair a broken down uh, jet fighter jet. Kushii. Shikishima plans to fly into Godzilla's mouth and finish his suicide mission, then detonated an explosive charge inside the plane in an attempt to destroy the monster from the inside. And he leaves Akiko, his adoptive daughter, in the care of his neighbor Sumiko. And thankfully Sumiko was taking care of the daughter while the attack on Jinza was happening. So Godzilla resurfaces. And... Shikishima draws into the, into the trap after Godzilla is tricked into destroying two unmanned destroyers with its heat ray, the, which is a decoy that they had part of the plan. The two remaining ships get close and wrap it in, buoy, in buoys. Godzilla is then successfully dragged down 1,500 meters below sea level. The balloons are activated, forcing uh, him up 800 meters, but it survives and manages to break free. So at this point, they're like, damn it, how the hell is this possible? So the two ships, they're like, well, we have a plan B, don't we? <laughs> and um, it's it's do or die at this point. So let's see here. The explosive plane is the last, the, the last thing they want to do. But at this point, damn it, they have to. So the two ships try to haul Godzilla to the surface to fail. A fleet of tugboats. Thank God, lend her assistance, and Godzilla is brought back to the surface, still alive and enraged. So Godzilla prepares to destroy all the ships with its heat ray, but Shikashima flies the explosive plane into Godzilla's mouth and remembers Tachibana's imploring him that there's an ejection button, and he put it there on purpose because he felt that Koichi was essentially suffered enough with his survivor skill and deserves a second chance of life and we assume that he died as uh, he flies his plane into the kaiju's mouth. Godzilla literally shoots a heat ray. It backfires and blows into chunks. So the plane explodes. Godzilla's destroyed head, causing energy of its heat ray to tear its own body apart, kind of like slicing him up from the inside. The crew celebrates as Shikishima parachutes down, surviving this crazy-ass kamikaze mission <laughs> having chosen to live instead of, go, you know, going, quote-unquote, the honorable death because he's already suffered enough. He survived. If anything, he he was the smartest one to not go and—because—how do I say this? Had he not s- saved himself, this mission wouldn't have worked about him. So in the end, it worked out that he actually— was quote-unquote a coward, because let's be honest, who the hell wants to join the military and purposely die? It's one thing to join and join a war. It's another thing to literally become a kamikaze, like a suicide soldier. Like, that's just the dumbest thing possible. Just, you have no future. You're literally signing up for death. Like, you have a death wish. So, the plane explodes. Godzilla's head explodes. Everyone's happy. Shikishima receives a telegram and heads to the hospital with Akiko, who are then reunited with Noriko, who survived the destruction, but has a black mark creeping up her neck. Meanwhile, a chunk of Godzilla's flesh sinks in the ocean and begins to regenerate. You're like, got to be shitting me. This thing's like Deadpool. And yeah, and that's where the movie ends. Leaving it open-ended, but not with a cliffhanger. Just like, hey, Godzilla will be back. It's just going to take him longer to regenerate. And that was the end of the film. I'm literally here like goosebumps trying to... (laughs) I'm trying to give the movie's uh, plot explanation. But God, it was so good. I, I love this film. It was one of the best things in the world to see. In a world full of shitty movies and sequels, reboots. Let's be honest. There's been so many movies that have been hit or miss this year because they're trying too hard. This is a classic kaiju movie with a classic formula. But by God, from the perspective of the pe- of the perspective of the people, it gives you so much story that you don't have to focus on the monster itself, but also the survivors around it, the different roller coaster emotions people deal with with having to move on and fall in love again, and and also fight their inner demons there's just so many levels of this so this might be the first time i've given a film this score but it's very much merited that's literally my favorite movie of the year okay i'm gonna give it a perfect hundred it was that good in my opinion and again it's not no film is going to go perfect but if i were to say what movie this year came out that stood out above the rest that being said i haven't seen oppenheimer i haven't seen barbie i haven't seen all these other raves and films the ones that I have personally seen, this is up there, and I think they're going to get some recognition in the Academy Awards or People's Choice or or what Golden Globes, or whatever. Because by God, they did a great job. with a low budget, mind you, and made a close to a masterpiece. Back to origins Godzilla film. They can still be tied to the current Godzilla in modern times. Imagine this film took place prior to the fifties. There's a show now on Apple Plus TV that I'm also reviewing that's called Monarch Legacy of Monsters. And that's set in the 50s and also modern times. So there is ways to do this where you can do multiple projects with Godzilla. And it doesn't have to, like, inter- it doesn't have to be the exact same project over and over again. You can create new things. And listen, I'm telling you guys. I might have summarized the entire film, but it's not, it is just me kind of like blurning it out. It's just... I'm going to just shut up now because... What else I going to say? As always, <laughs> as always thank y'all for tuning in. This is another episode of the Podcast Mercer Show. I'm the Podcast Mercer, the Puerto Rican Pyros, the Mike for hire the Puerto Rican Kaiju himself, Chris and Joe Ramos. Signing out till next time. Thank you for tuning in, as always. We'll be back with more reviews, and I'm definitely going to get back to Monarch. But I think I'm going to have to rewatch watch a couple episodes to make sure the next review is a little bit more cohesive, and I'm not jumping over the place. I think binging the entire series in one day was not a great idea. <laughs> So I want to be able to break down what I'm speaking of. So as always, thank you for tuning in this next time. Take care. See you later. I'm out.